Hello. Hello. I'm Alex. And I'm Val. And we are finished season four, but back for a discussion about the entire season. A bonus episode. A bonus episode. Our second bonus episode. Bonus. Bonus. Yeah. Everyone's thinking, what a great bonus this is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but we're excited. Yeah. I, I kind of like it. I mean, for me, it's helpful going into the next season to kind of just like see where we've come from totally and see where we're going and it's really hard but like at least to try to get a sense of you know if we're looking at the series as a whole to kind of get a sense about the color of each season and kind of like the I don't know some of the main themes of each season and and where the characters are at. Yeah, and in terms of, for me, the character arcs. So where do characters start, where do they end, and how have they developed as people throughout the course of a season. Yeah. And for me, reflecting on season four, I'm kind of blown away by how much actually happens in the season. Yeah, I feel... There's so much content. It's wild. Well, and I also feel like it spans a really long period of time. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I, I couldn't get a sense in the last episode what season it was but it seemed like it was like summertime which means when we started this season it was right before like school was starting back Mm. again right like meadow was going to be heading back to school right um and then was going to go to europe and then right interesting and then went to school instead but i i feel like like have we spanned almost a year in this season (laughs) probably roughly that's crazy. Yeah, that's that's quite long. You know, I was thinking about that too with like like when we talked about it in the last episode with Christopher getting out of rehab. Like how long was he in rehab? Hard to tell. Yeah. There's a lot of vague timelines that happen in yeah. this season. But yeah, we do like we cover a lot of ground anyways, regardless of kind of what the actual time timeline is. Yeah. Um we have a lot. We do. There's a lot. So, I mean, I was thinking just in terms of starting with, with Tony, some of the things surrounding him that happened throughout the course of this season. So, obviously, we have a number of deaths. We have Ralph dying, who comes in as probably Tony's major antagonist in a mm-hmm. lot of ways, disappearing relatively early in the season mm-hmm. at kind of an unexpected point. It's not early in the season, but it's also not at the very end. Yeah. It's not the dominant climax necessarily of the whole season or maybe it is but it happens at an interesting point where it allows for other things to happen at the end of the season that are very dramatic i don't know like by the end of the season are you even thinking about ralph no it feels like there's so much like whatever like water under the bridge since then that like you're not it's not even like for me it doesn't even feel like it's like part of tony's psyche anymore Mm. the last time i kind of felt that way was in um, I'm going to put myself out there. Calling all cars. Okay. Is that when the dream sequences happen? Oh, good one. Well, um, perhaps. I don't, have my, I don't have my book in front of me. Yeah. But whatever that episode is. where With we Livia have, walking down, or the Livia light character walking down you, the you stairs. You feel like it's Livia. Yeah, yeah. But like the dream, like what I'm referring to is like Ralph's bald head. Yeah. And the caterpillar. Yeah. And then, like, following him into that creepy mm-hmm. house, right? That's really the last we, like, kind of see of Ralph's impact on Tony's psyche. Right. We even we even start to have fewer references to Pio Mai. 
Mm-hmm. Um, we get one kind of like, um, I don't know what the right word to say, like when he says, when it's about Carmela's haircut and he's like, right. when he says like, oh, you must have got the haircut because of Pyomai. Right. But, you know, like even that kind of seems like there's been space put between those events and where we end up at the end of the season. Yeah, I mean, if we think about a character like Pyomai, I mean, it's a funny character because it's a horse. But oh, it's a great character because it's, <laughs> it's a an horse. important character for the season. I mean, Pyomai is introduced, is of huge importance to Tony, also to Ralphie, connects a lot of characters, mm-hmm. brings people together, and ultimately is kind of the reason for Ralph's death. And that is kind of just a snapshot of what happens in season four. Pyomai is not there at the beginning and definitely not there at the yeah. end. We have a lot of interesting things like that that were kind of blowing me away. Like Gloria dies in this season, which just seems like so long ago. Tony finds out about her suicide. There are things that just seem like such distant memories. Artie committing, trying, almost committing suicide in that same episode, actually. Right. Interesting. There's, um... Well, Tony has a bunch of... Oh, sorry. You go ahead. No, no, no. Yeah, it's all you. Well, I was just going to say, like, in terms of Tony's partners, right? Like... Because we end up at the end of this season, well, and you know, this show arguably, but definitely this season has a lot on Tony and Carmela's relationship. But he also has a lot of other relationships in this season as well. He does, right? Like, so we kind of have like the closure of Gloria in some ways with her death and and the impact of that on him. We have Irina showing up again. Even though they're not almost involved. a reopening of that yeah. box, yeah. But you know, but she's with Selman, and we have her in there. And of course, like related to her is Svetlana, Svetlana, which you know, we end up with that kind of being an impactful, um, you know, one-time relationship. As between... Tony says, the most expensive piece of asser he's ever had. <laughs> <laughs> Asser. <laughs> well, I was going to say, I think he maybe says the most expensive piece of coos he's ever had or something <laughs> in white caps. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. But like, you know, that does, you know, trigger Carmela going down this road of divorce. It also does still connect him to Irina. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that's like of importance. Also, the introduction of Valentina, who's barely right. a character. Again, related to Ralphie, right? Like is around Piomai. But then we I don't know where she went. Right. We don't really know. But there her, are her fingernail is brought up in the last episode of the right. season. But there are a lot of these Gumar characters, these these women who are around and engaging in affairs with Tony. Yeah, the, the Icelandic stewardess. stewardess. <laughs> She's a key character. She's the the key to season four. I think so. <laughs> but there are a lot. There is a lot of infidelity, and that plays into what the season, in some way, is largely about. Tony and Carmela's relationship falling apart, which we don't even really realize until we're kind of blindsided by it at the very end. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But once you have the benefit of looking back on season four and reflecting on it, it kind of seems like the season is largely about Tony and Carmela's relationship. But you likely wouldn't have said that even in the second last episode, even in the first half of the last episode. Right. It doesn't seem like that's where everything is leading. And yet they're planting all these things and leading us there, even without us knowing it. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. And we'll talk about, you know, those characters in more depth, too. But... Like, both Tony and Carmela have infidelity. I mean, like, Carmela 
emotional mm-hmm. infidelity. And also her, like, trying to separate herself from Tony, you know. Financially. By, by get financially, right, with mm-hmm. this trust and with stealing the money and with getting this real estate license which i i think she got i don't know we don't really see like <laughs> unclear we don't really see her like pass her exam or anything right. like that but um you know and then of course the stuff with furio yeah. right um so again i'm not saying it's apples to apples but um in terms of carmela and tony we both see them kind of outside of their relationship but then really ending up kind of in a similar place like they're both pretty messed up by the end of the season Mm -hmm. um they're both not dealing with their emotions very well right and they're both you know they're they're really unable to come back together and make sense of anything well i've heard you make an interesting comparison between the way that carmella deals with the loss of furio to how tony deals with the loss of gloria and i think that is really interesting oh actually i the i was talking about Carmela and Furio and Tony and Paiomai. Okay. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Well, I think that is, those are definitely related. There's also Tony kind of going off the deep end a little bit after the death of Gloria, but you're right. Actually, Paiomai is more of a kind of complete depression that engulfs Tony. Yeah. After Gloria, he's pretty messed up, but it is sort of short term. You're right. Yeah, and it's kind of like all entangled in the Paiomai stuff mm-hmm. in some ways too. Like, you know, him like having this thing that kind of like helps him get over the Gloria thing in some right. ways too. Right. Interesting. But I just really see, yeah, like these kind of like weird infatuations, right? Mm-hmm. Like of They're both unhealthy. Yeah. And both come to this kind of like destructive kind of end. Um, or traumatic in whatever in whatever sense you want to say that, um, and leaves them both pretty empty. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, the other big change throughout the course of season four is that Tony goes from being in therapy to leaving it. Right. And we have that dream sequence where it seems to us that you can interpret it in terms of Tony kind of going to this dangerous psychological I think I am right that it's in Calling All Cars. But okay. <laughs> I'm impressed. Because <laughs> then member Melfi says, Calling All Cars. Right. <laughs> <laughs> she does say that in that episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he's in this kind of different psychic space, which seems to be more dangerous now that he doesn't have Melfi kind of guiding him through his life. And even in the end, Tony, we have him thinking about calling Melfi, but then hanging up. And that connection doesn't happen yeah and so that's a big change for tony going into season five coming from the beginning of season four where tony does have psychological help and a guide and somebody to help him sort through all of these things now he's really on his own yeah and he's actually like kind of i mean for tony he's kind of okay at the beginning of season four um like juniors coming to him for money right everybody's kind of worried about money but he kind of has a way to make it work for himself he's cool he's Um, not really looking after his family like his mob family he's kind of yeah he's using them yeah and you know like he deals with the meadow stuff in a kind of respectable way he kind of flip-flops on her a little bit but you know he's 
he's trying to manage all fronts. Yeah. At least. Um, but then where we end up with him, like once he's out of therapy, you're right. Like he doesn't, he doesn't have that outlet and it kind of shows. Yeah. Well, and he's left without a family. Yeah. He's left without his wife. Yeah. And so one could question if those things are related. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think they are. I mean, I think it's his actions throughout the course of this season and this series and his life before the series even starts. They're finally kind of catching up to him. Yeah. That's one thing for me that season four really embodies is that I feel like we're at a new point in the show where we're dealing with the reactions to a lot of the actions of these characters, where a lot of these characters have put out horrible things. And yet now we're starting to see the impact of them. So the horrible actions that people have engaged in are now starting to catch up with them as we see what the impact of, of mm-hmm. those things are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good point. Um, what about Carmela? This is a pretty major season for her. Yeah, so you mentioned some of the stuff about Carmela. Well, it starts off in the first episode is when she runs into Angie at the right. grocery store and right. is worried about financial security, Yeah, which is interesting where everything ends up. And then we end up in white caps. They're divorced, largely. Well, and, and the yeah. whole fear about getting that trust is is in case of divorce, right? right. Like it's a whatever they call it, a something something trust where. Right. Well, there's yeah. There's also throughout the course of the season, we have the introduction of Brian. We have Tony being worried about putting money in this trust because of a possible divorce. Yeah. And at the and then end, that kind of yeah that happens. Yeah. Good old Brian. <laughs> we have Brian getting hammered at the casino and yeah. singing Red of the Valkyries and it's, throwing up before getting on a helicopter. It's big for him. That's part of his arc. It's a big season I think. for him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's interesting. Carmela has certain things that are happening throughout the course of the season. So starting off with those financial worries, she starts to assert herself more throughout season four. So she actually steals from the bird feed money mm-hmm. that Tony has hidden away. Mm-hmm. So she starts to act in a way that we haven't seen her act previously. Right. Where and she's actually kind of challenging Tony's dominance and acting in her own interest. Yeah. I mean, definitely with that, but also, of course, with the Furio stuff. Mm-hmm. Even though she doesn't actually act on it. It's just thoughts. But even yeah. that is something. Oh, totally. I mean, that really, that's a huge part of her screen time Yeah. this season and, and the energy that's put towards her. Think about all those, like, flashbacks that she has to that song that played it. Yeah, it's, I mean, we'll never forget it. How could you forget? Quite an earworm. Such a strange song. But, you know, like, a lot, and we see her kind of, you know, like, waiting for Fury to show up, and then the end of the season... You know, when he He's leaves gone. and she, it sends her, like I, you know, like my comparison to Payomai with Tony, just sends her down this, like, really dark She really loses hole. it. She really loses it. Yeah. Um, which is great because I think, like, viewers of this show, myself included, but I think we really focus on, like, Tony's pathology, mm-hmm. if you want to call it that, yeah. right? Because he's our protagonist and... Um, and we kind of like by default, like, well, Carmela's kind of like the good guy in this relationship. It gets and complicated. Not to, and not in to say that season. she's not a good guy. I, I don't think she's either or, but it's like she's fucked up too. Oh yeah. You know, like 
And I like that. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that it becomes more of an ensemble show in some ways. Mm -hmm. We're starting to give more importance to the characters around Tony Soprano. And we start to actually examine their psychology, which we don't get as much earlier on in the show. And like, it's like that first scene of Whitecaps where you have Tony out of focus and Carmela looking crazy in the foreground. I think that's really interesting because for me, Whitecaps largely is Carmela's episode. And that in and of itself, the fact that we end season four with a character who's not Tony Soprano dominating Mm -hmm. the drama of a season finale is Mm -hmm. really something in and of itself. Yeah, totally. It's interesting with Furio how there really is no action at the end. It's just a major anticlimax. Totally. In fact, it's amongst many anticlimaxes in the season, be it with the hits and Carmine Lupertazzi and the New York, New Jersey back and forth. A lot of things don't happen. The Esplanade Project. The Esplanade Project. Never is going to happen. (laughs) It's just all season. I feel like it's like they're doing the Esplanade Project. (laughs) But it's interesting how so much is accomplished without any actual dramatic action occurring. Yeah. Furio leaves. And we're even teased that it could be very dramatic. Furio, when he's in Italy, is saying that he understands that Either he has to kill Tony or has to back off. And it's funny that this show chooses the option of backing off. Yeah. As opposed to violence in a mob setting. I mean, it's not something you would expect, but it's so classic of The Sopranos. We also have, like, Meadow and Carmela's relationship. Yeah. um, You know, like, further developing, I guess, if we want to call it that. And further complicating itself. Like, we see... Um, we see kind of the separation between the two of them, but we see like a lot of conflict between them as Mm -hmm. well and how they kind of push each other's buttons and how Meadow's life and like seeing Meadow living her life, and we'll talk about Meadow, I'm sure, but seeing Meadow living her life and having a boyfriend and this apartment like really impacts Carmela's Mm -hmm. sense of herself. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, then, you know, with the divorce at the end of the season, we see Meadow, you know, and, well, Meadow being conflicted about how she views Carmela and Carmela kind of conflicted with how much she wants to share with the kids versus, you know, keep back from them about the whole situation. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I think Meadow is one of the other characters who has a really significant arc in season four. at least like a really interesting one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I really think that scene, and we've talked about it a fair amount, but in the season finale of season three, after Jackie Jr. dies, we have Meadow running across traffic. Mm-hmm. She's running away from the family. And I think I that... I feel like that's such a key, like in this viewing. It's so key. I that, don't think I realized until this and viewing how, how it key relates that is. to the series finale. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I feel like it. we unlocked something <laughs> <laughs> for ourselves with yeah. that. Well, I think that in the season, Meadow is further away from the family than we've ever seen her. Yeah. She has She almost goes to Europe. She has autonomy. She almost goes to Europe. She doesn't, but she ends up having her own life in New York City. Yeah. She has roommates that we barely know about. We're introduced to after she's already established something with them. Yeah. And we a don't boy, get to see that. A boyfriend that, that we know Finn. about in the same. Yeah. yeah. And I think that... It's interesting because the where the season ends, she's back at home. The divorce has actually made her at home. Mm-hmm. She's in her pajamas. Yeah. She's there. She's reminiscing, and she has a flashback to 
her opening the fridge and being yeah. you know, slightly younger in an earlier season that we've actually seen. Yeah. But there is something that seems like she's closer to the family now that there's been this divorce than she was all season. Yeah. And I also think, and we had a discussion about this in one of the episodes this season, I think it's healthy for her to be away. And mm-hmm. I actually think that she's portrayed in a kind of flattering light as she's further oh, right. away this, from this the... again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about the writers. Yeah. Oh, if only we could always just see Meadow in such a flattering light just look at her in that light (laughs) well she's back so (laughs) now she's a mob daughter again yeah i i like to think too like i always think of it kind of like the what ifs of a season too right like what if she had gone to europe right right um for her own development i don't know like that could have been positive as well yeah but yeah meadow She's, yeah. She's amazing. <laughs> well, it's interesting, too, how at the beginning of the season, she's not as so okay with Tony. And then right. by the time of, like, the wait, she is all right with them, with Tony again. So there is also a change um, for Meadow as a character in terms of her relationship with her dad. So um, AJ is harder to talk about (laughs) because he's AJ. Yeah. He has a girlfriend. He starts off as AJ. He ends up as AJ. Yeah. I think he ends up, I mean, he hasn't a girlfriend. Yeah. He's growing up. He's with Devin. We see him engage in some discussions that are. Her dad collects late. Picasso. (laughs) We see him engage in some discussions that are a little bit more adult like, and we see him growing up and yet he's still kind of the same person. I don't Mm -hmm. really feel like we see him maturing or developing that much. No, he writes a great essay. It's amazing on Billy Bud. I love it. Well, we see, but we open the season with AJ and those New York times, um, papers. Right. And that's right. We kind of end with him in the same. I mean, like, yeah, then he writes that great paper. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Also, I think that line that he has at the end, um, talking about the policy, saying it's too late, is very relevant. Mm -hmm. I think it is kind of too late for AJ. He's a product of the parenting that he's received from Tony and Carmela. Right. And there's probably no route back for him. Yeah. It's interesting, though. Like, we do have him last season being, like, compared to Jackie Jr. and stuff like that. Right. And we don't really see him like we we don't see him a lot this season and we definitely don't see him kind of you know well really engaging in that much negative behavior as we have in other seasons too right it's true he's not acting out maybe as much he's just writing c papers he's just a c kind of guy yeah (laughs) Um, I feel like at the end around the divorce, he's kind of clinging to Tony. Mm-hmm. He's definitely drawn to him and kind of wants to live with yeah. him. There's something where there is a complicated relationship between AJ and Carmela, and it's not always that fluid. Yeah. I think the other main... Oh, the other, sorry, the other sorry, thing yeah. I wanted to say about Meadow yeah. was kind of her, um, like we talked about how amazing she is, but like yes, her her sensitivity to the situation with Carmela and Furio, right? And then and Tony and his interpretation of it, right? We we see her, you know, like kind of being mature about it, and then we see her uh, saying to Carmela, "Is this about Furio?" Right, which is interesting that she actually confronts her mother, yeah, on it because she hides it from her dad. Yeah, yeah. 
So yeah. That's all I want to say about that. Yeah. I feel like we should talk about Christopher and Adriana. Yeah. I feel like those are the two other main parts of season four. Well, uh, well, especially going into season five, which is a yeah. pretty Chris and Adriana heavier in many ways season. Yeah. Um, we start off this season with Adriana being friends with Danielle and mm-hmm. not yet knowing who Danielle really yeah. is, right? And we see Christopher giving Aid the crazy horse, yep. right? Yep. Yeah. Does that happen? I in think this so. Season? Yeah. Okay. I, think, I know it's hard I to tell. So. Things I know. Seem so so long. So, um, so far away. But you know, then we see you know around the Danielle friendship, right? Like things kind of disintegrate also with Chris and Adriana. Yeah. Um, he's really upset with her for not telling him about how she maybe can't have a baby. Um, and he's, you know, he becomes quite abusive. His, his drug use gets a lot worse throughout the season. Yeah. As Adriana becomes entangled now with the FBI. Yeah. And um, by the end of the season, she's more comfortable with the arrangement. If you think about it at the beginning yeah. of season four, she's, she's like not even. She's on their table and stuff. Yeah. Having yeah. IBS and yeah. just completely overwhelmed. And by yeah. the end, she's, it's a little bit more normalized. And yeah. And for Christopher, I mean, his drug use. And his abuse of Adriana really does deteriorate throughout the course of the season yeah. until the end where we don't know. We feel like maybe he is moving in a better direction. Yeah. Well, and he's really impacted by Ralphie's death, right? Like that's kind of the first time. Well, well, well with Christopher too, we have Tony telling him. Barry Haydu. Uh, thank you. Always remind me that guy's name. I always <laughs> forget it. Um, you know, we have Tony giving him the name of Barry Haydu. <laughs> and, you know, we see him grappling with that. And he brings that up multiple times over the season, right? Like, Tony did this for me. Like, yeah. And Tony's growing closer to Christopher as well, like, because he's blood. And we talk about blood a lot. And, but then we have his, you know, around this, all these things that are happening, we do have his drug use getting worse. And then it seems to really get a lot worse after he witnesses that Tony killed Ralphie. Right. And he has to kind of grapple with that. Um, You know, someone who he really respects and loves who I don't, you know, he does. I don't think he really like agrees with Tony's decision. Right. You know, but he's part of it and he supports Tony in it. Yeah. But that's when I think things get really bad and we have him again, like killing Cosette and... Um, you know, abusing Adriana and yeah. then finally going into rehab for an unknown amount of time. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else with those characters? Mm, not that I can think of. Well, it, Ralph is a pretty major character in yeah. this season. I mean, it's interesting because as the season starts, he kind of... I think we said, I said this, but he seems like the main antagonist. He's carried over from season three, which is interesting because if you think about a character like Richie in season two, he's right. in and out. Yeah. And now Ralphie's been introduced in season three. He's returning. So we kind of know what to expect. We know who he is, where he stands in the hierarchy, and how he antagonizes Tony. And yet he dies. Mm-hmm. And so things really change at that point because after he dies – who is the main antagonist of season four? Right. And that's an interesting question. In some way, it's like the actions and choices of Tony Soprano. Mm-hmm. He's kind of his own worst enemy. Yeah. As cliche as that is. And well, it's the interesting thing in with Ralphie, too, is like we have from last season, 
um, you know, him killing Tracy and things yeah. like that, right? We don't really have, like, well, all we have this season, like, in whoever did this is maybe did he set Pyomai's barn on fire? Um, Unclear. Maybe. Um, but we kind of also get a little bit of, like, redemption for him, like we do with my favorite character, Ben McKazian. Yeah. Um, we kind of get a little insight into his past and his childhood and, like, why Ralphie is who Ralphie yeah. is um, right before he dies. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is always, I don't know, it's, I like, I like that. Yeah, I mean, it's never clear cut on this show. Yeah. They definitely add good and bad things to every yeah. character. He also, like, he's in two relationships that we can tell, or three relationships, actually, that we can tell this season, right? He starts off being with Rosalie. Rosalie. And then he's with Janice. Right. And then we have him with Valentina. Valentina, that's right. Yeah. That's really interesting. Um, interestingly, Janice also moves through multiple relationships. She moves through Ralphie and then eventually ends up on Bobby. Right. Um, with Ralphie, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's definitely a change of the cast going forward into season five to not have him. Mm. Because... But we get... Well, we get Steve Buscemi, so yeah. that's very exciting. I, I'm excited <laughs> about it. I love Steve. Yeah, so, I mean, I, okay, so what, what about Janice then? Because she's a character, she's really on the kind of fringe of everything. We don't really see her that much. As she has a relationship with Ralphie, we start to see her more because she's kind of brought into Tony's Back into orbit. into the circle, yeah. And where she eventually ends up with, with Bobby, I feel like she's set up to be a major character again. Mm. She's essentially a mob wife character now. Yeah. Well, Except she's more kind of... Demand like she's more domineering of Bobby in terms of establishing was. his direction. Yeah. So in some ways she's kind of pulling puppet strings to make things happen. Yeah. So she's actually even more present. And like what she does to Bobby's kids and stuff. Right. Too. You mean what Rising Damp does? I still don't get like I don't get Rising Damp what it is. I don't like to say it. It's okay. Yeah. The word okay. the word damp. You don't like it. Don't like it. <laughs> That's okay. You don't have to. Yeah. Um, so one of the big things that happens in this season is Junior's trial, which is fascinating because we it's barely funny see that you it. call it a big thing. Yeah. Well, it is. Yeah. If you think about. It's the first, uh, Sopranos trial in 20 years or something. Right. And the, one of the first things we see in the season is Junior coming to Tony asking for money. And at the end of the season, he gets off. And yet, in between, he has almost no screen time. Yeah. And nobody really cares. Well, he gets in, he gets injured. And falls down the stairs. That's right. And we have kind of, again, this whoever did this kind of um, ambiguity of is he becoming senile or or whatever, losing some of his mental capacities? Yeah. Or is he fine? Right. And manipulating. And there's no way to tell right now. Yeah. There's kind of hints in both directions. Um, But I do think it's... it's... And we, you know... No spoilers, but, like, you know, this continues into season five. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the course of the entire series, really. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting because that is really a major development. I mean, the boss of the DeMeo crime family gets off on this major trial, and yet it's not treated as a dominant piece of the puzzle in season four. Right. It's always kind of a side story, which right. is really interesting. Yeah. Like, because... Tony doesn't even go, I don't think, to any no. of the trial. I mean, why would he, I guess? Yeah, that, yeah. But you would think, though, that maybe he would be there. Um, 
when Junior gets out. When he actually gets out. Or, yeah. yeah. Or like when he's, yeah, when it's, gets there's a mistrial. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, maybe they don't know. But nonetheless, we don't see it that much. As an audience, it's not where our focus goes. Yeah. Um, I mean, Melfi is a character. She's there at the beginning. She's not there at the end. Mm-hmm. So that's really interesting. And we're going to have to see where that leads. And how that impacts Tony and how that impacts everybody around him. Yeah. And to be honest, I'm having trouble kind of like in my memory pegging where we next see Melfi. Well, we'll have to just keep on watching. I'll pay attention to it. Polly as a character is not particularly present in this season as he's in prison in Ohio. And when he comes back, he's kind of on the outs with the family. Mm -hmm. And so... He's like into Johnny Sack for whatever reason. Yeah, and he has this relationship with New York that's kind of a catalyst for a lot of action that happens in this season for... A lot of the the turmoil between Ralphie and Johnny Sack. He's feeding information. And yet in the end of the season, he kind of comes back to the Soprano family. Right. But I still kind of get the feeling that he's not as close as he has been at other times. Yeah. He's had confrontations with Syl that are pretty explosive. Yeah. Tony kind of suspects him a little bit. He kills an old lady. He kills an old lady for her money. I guess that kind of brings him back. So we're left kind of not knowing. He's kind of back in the circle a little bit yeah i always i don't know like i know that like logistically polly's arc was impacted because the actor had a back injury Mm -hmm. so tony sirico tony sirico um but i don't like i just don't i don't know i don't totally buy into the polly arc of this season like, I don't really get his motivation. Maybe that's okay. Like, I don't, yeah. you know. like He's a weird guy. <laughs> he's a totally weird guy. He killed an old lady. But I don't really get his motivation to get himself really entangled with New York and, like, feeding this information and stuff like that. Like, it doesn't, I get it was, like, about money, you know. Well, I but think he feels not appreciated. And yeah. I think he thinks that there's a place for him there. I think he yeah. thinks that he could switch families. And we see him, like, have this, you know, um kind of like come to Jesus moment where Carmine yeah. doesn't even know who he is yeah. at that wedding. Um, yeah. So I don't know. It's not my favorite Polly moments. That's okay. Yeah. What um, is your favorite Polly moment? <laughs> um, I don't know. Like, I, you know, going back to Pine Barrens and going forward, there's a couple of good ones too. Yeah. So um, the stuff with him and Christopher yeah. is always my favorite. Right. Yeah, it's a good good matching. But, yeah, what else do you There's have? a line in the very beginning of this episode that I think is relevant to the season on the whole and perhaps the last seasons of the show, which is when Carmel says everything comes to an end. Right. That just seems very poignant and really stands out. And it kind of goes back to what I was talking about where I feel like this season is now concerned with the reaction to the actions of the characters. I feel like, feel like we can sense that we're moving towards the end of the show yeah. rather than building the world. We're now starting to kind of narrow our scope and move towards where this is all heading. And it well, doesn't seem particularly good. No. Um, I think even like ending this season with an episode that has a lot of water, right? And water is something we've associated with death like and the eternal kind yeah. of. I mean, like, in, you know, when a lot of characters... When they die, they get tossed into the water. Yeah. Pretty common Mm -hmm. thing to do. 
Um, but <laughs> that's it, what I do. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, it is, I think it's meaningful in terms of the arc of the whole season that we end with this really, like, watery episode, for lack of a better word. Yeah. That it is, like, it's bringing us closer and closer to that end. Yeah. Right. And I think there's also a line in that same in that first episode where Tony says stuff about like how you either end up dead or in jail kind of thing. Right. And so he does. Yeah. um, So we kind of see, um, I don't know, you know, what, you know, we we start to imagine what which of those two possibilities Mm -hmm. um, are going to be the end of this show. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's interesting, too, how the season starts with that line of every, Carmela saying everything comes to an end and ending with her leaving him. Right. There is some interesting kind of, like, bookending of, like, the mm-hmm. beginning and the end of the season, some mm-hmm. things that we see, along with a lot of symbols that we see throughout the course of the season mm-hmm. that are developed. Also, in the first episode, Tony is watching Rio Brave starring Dean Martin, and at the end of the show, he's blasting Dean Martin at Alan Sappensley. There's some things. There's just a lot of connective tissue, like there always is in this show. I think that's a really, you're really stretching for your connective <laughs> tissue if that's what you're bringing up, but cool. Maybe. So, yeah. Wow. That's okay. So deep. Wow. What does it mean? <laughs> oh, man. Val's vibing me. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. He, he brought it. this up a few minutes before we started recording it as something was not having really it. important. So I'm glad that he decided. It was really important. Decided to then put it into the actual podcast conversation. I just get excited about these things. Okay. I like to talk about them. <laughs> anyway, glad you guys got to witness a nice good old-fashioned Val vibe session. Good old-fashioned marital spat. Um, we have... In terms of the themes, I think there's kind of a return to a lot of the themes that are introduced earlier on in the show. Yeah. like Animals, I would say. Like... Well, I feel like animals are really introduced in this season. No, we have the ducks. We have the ducks, but I feel like it's... You're right. It's not introduced, but I feel like it's like greatly strengthened. Where I feel like yeah. that becomes a dominant symbol in season four. Yeah. Whereas some of the other things, they're actually returning to things that were introduced and made dominant earlier. Like water in season two. Mm. Like greenery in season one. Like the use of color. Mm-hmm. Like the use of black and white. Uh, like phones. Like black and white phones. So like phones. talking about connection. Yeah. Focusing on phones in different shots. Really focusing on how people are talking to each other when people make phone calls, how phones can be a catalyst for action to happen in the course of the season. I think it's really interesting. Yeah. No, for sure. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I like the season. I liked it also. (laughs) I actually, yeah, it's, I, uh, I think I say this every fucking time, so whatever, but like, I it's fun to do these recap episodes yeah. because it really makes me appreciate the mm-hmm. season as a whole and like everyone's always like what's your favorite season and like I I What's never, your favorite season? <laughs> yeah. What's your favorite Sopranos season? And I'm like I don't know usually. Right. Um so it is I think like useful for me to be able to evaluate kind of as a whole. Yeah. Um my feelings. Totally. And it's amazing how much actually happens in the season. Yeah, I that's blowing my mind. And I think we said that, but I think we also said that about season three. <laughs> <laughs> Chances are, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. 
Um, well, maybe we'll keep doing this. We'll keep doing season discussions. And by the end, you'll have an answer to what's your favorite Soprano season. Bonus episodes. <laughs> Bonus episode. Our favorite Soprano season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A full podcast episode devoted to that. Yeah. I mean, one's pretty good, but so is three. <laughs> yeah. Fun. Um, okay. Well, that, thank you it. for listening. Yeah. We're going to be back with season five very shortly. Yeah. And we're excited about it because season five is amazing. Season five is amazing. Yes, it is. So we'll be back soon. Thanks so much for listening. Yeah. Let us know if we missed anything. Yeah. We love to hear from you. Okay. See you then. Bye.